Goodison. Bjornesson, oh, what a chance. What a chance. Aguero, 1-0. Argentina off and running. And Icelandic heads are in Icelandic hands. Here's Goodison, one last charge of Iceland. And Iceland are in. This is Gilfie Sigurdsson. Bjornesson, Finn 1-1. Alright, yes, we are back. Welcome to the Iceland Football Podcast. We're here to uh, talk about all things Iceland football, and that means talking about the Nations League, which is starting in a couple days. Obviously, uh, everyone's uh, adapting to that new competition. But we're going to follow the Iceland team uh, this winter in the Nations League. I'm here with the Goon Man, as always. Gunnar, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great after the... uh this wonderful summer, I'm excited to, play, to watch yeah. Iceland in, in, the, uh, in the Nations League. You know, in most countries it's still summer, but in Iceland, yeah, the winter is coming. <laughs> we are uh, barreling down the hatches uh, for the winter, and uh, so we're going to call this the Winter League, this Nations League that's starting now. Before we get into all that, just uh, some programming notes. So we're obviously going to have some, uh, some shows this winter following the, the national team and hopefully getting some good content from the, uh, from the Iceland side. Uh, we're going to have a show, another one in about a week, where we go over the Nations League results and hopefully get some good interviews from the Belgium game, which is in Iceland in uh, next week. So that'll be interesting and uh, make sure to stay tuned. But there's a lot of things to discuss. There's two months since we did one of these and uh, since the World Cup ended. Lots of things have changed. Uh, most notably, the big news, uh, as we predicted and as a lot of people uh, saw coming, Hamid Hathmerson, our dentist coach, has left the national team. He has not renewed his contract. He wants to move on to greater things, although he as of yet has not. Uh, Gunnar, you sad to see him go? Um, sure, but also excited. You know, this, uh, this new coach, Eric Cameron, I think he has a lot of potential. We'll get into him in a bit, yeah. but... Just on uh, Hamid, Hamid obviously super nice guy, super beloved personality here in Iceland and, and uh, it's obviously sad to see him go because he was such a uh, easy guy to talk to and a, a nice person, just a down to earth guy. But he clearly is a, as he has said himself, he's a ambitious manager and he wants a job in Europe but I, what I don't quite get is why he leaves but he doesn't have another job ready. Yeah, you know, I thought he for sure would be taking over at some club immediately after he left but you know. That, yeah. didn't, that wasn't the case, and um, he's obviously. Wait, here's what I think. So he he so he started with the team. What was it 2010? Uh, he came as Haymid's assistant coach. Then he became the joint head coach, and then the uh, single head coach of Iceland. And obviously had great success building on the foundation that Lars Larbeck left the national team. But now he his stock has risen in in Europe and maybe he looks at you know other coaches like maybe Niko Kovac who was you know coaching Croatia uh, uh, who we played a lot and he looks at someone like that who who now has all the way ma- made it all the way up to Bayern and is and is doing great things he probably looks at that and thinks there's an opportunity here my name is out there lots of people are following the Iceland team I can maybe get a big team there was a lot of rumors that he might be taking over Basel which I think would have been a good choice i guess but also uh maybe not the most high profile maybe he would rather have a less high profile team maybe in a bigger league so my prediction is that come uh, november january some uh you know 
Marco Silva gets fired from Everton or, you know, I don't know, Eddie Howe moves on to West Ham or, or whatever, there's going to be some vacancies in the Prem. And I think that's what he's going for. I don't know if he can be trusted in that situation, especially in a relegation battle. I think he's probably more likely to maybe go into the championship, although that's a really hard league, and I don't know if that would be the smartest thing for him. So maybe he wants to go to the Bundesliga. I think that would be a great move for him. But yeah, who knows? We got to next time I see him, uh, next time he's, you know, walking his dog or something, doing something very normal, I'll try to try to talk to him and ask him where he wants to go. But just don't be surprised if you see him pop up somewhere in, in some discussion and, and maybe even uh, take over a team this season. But uh, we wish him all the best and we thank him for his fantastic service to the national team. Um, we were wondering who would take over the national team uh, after he left. You know, we were dreaming of someone like Arsene Wenger or, you know, some some huge name, which would have been awesome. But we definitely, I think we agreed that we wanted someone foreign. Just because the caliber of coaching in Iceland, there's no one that, you know, in my opinion, could take over the team. Anyone that you can think of? I mean, there's some young, you know, up-and-coming coaches in the in the Icelandic Premier League, but not that are ready to, to be a uh, national team coach, or at least not someone that we can trust to be ready. So we thought they would go uh, foreign, and they have. I will admit I had never heard of our new national team coach. His name is Eric Hamrin. He's a Swede. I see they're trying to form a national team coach of Sweden. I see they're trying to, you know, go back to the... Lars Larbeck playbook. I don't know if you can do that twice. What do you think about our new head coach, Eric Hamrin? Yeah, I'm excited. He's been coaching in Scandinavia for almost 30 years, so he's very experienced. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had some success there. You know, he's won the Danish Super League at the Norwegian Premier League, some cup trophies. He's won in Denmark and Norway, yeah. the leagues. Okay. So, yeah, I don't want to make any predictions, but hopefully he'll be. But were you not a little underwhelmed when he was chosen? I mean, had you heard of him? No, I hadn't heard of him, but I, I, I don't think anyone had heard of never, him. I didn't think we were going to be getting anybody you didn't? big, you know I mean? I don't know. Why, why was I so... Yeah, I don't know. Well, at least someone I had heard of. I was hoping for... I, you know, you've heard of most coaches. I don't know. Eric Hamren? I hadn't heard of him. I don't think... I think people who are listening have probably already forgotten his name. But uh, hopefully, maybe he'll just be an awesome coach. You know, we know so little about him. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't... He was obviously the coach of the Sweden national team. Gunnar, you, you followed him a little bit then. Yeah. A little bit. He um he was the Swedish manager from 2009 to 2016. Took him to the Euros in 2012, 2016. Oh yeah. Didn't okay. take him to the World Cup in 2014. Uh, they didn't qualify. Mm-hmm. So he's been to two Euros with the Sweden team. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I should know who he is. I, he he does seem to have a pedigree. I'm just wondering, you know, what's his philosophy on changing up the team? You know, I I know he's gonna try to make the team younger especially in in defense which i think is important because the, the team is getting older and there's been this uh, uh old guard that's been heading the national team for the last 10 years do you think he's gonna radically change the team or just incremental changes you know i think he might want to make changes but he also has to be just pragmatic you know there aren't there isn't a huge pool of players to choose from here you know so yeah. he's gonna make the, the the changes that he feels comfortable with hopefully that'll pay off I think he's been talking about that he doesn't want to uh, go crazy radical yet. But, there, well, there's a couple, you know, ways to think about it. First of all, formation. Is he going to change the formation? I know he's played 4-4-2 in the past with Sweden. That would be fantastic. I think that's the best thing for the Iceland team. I think it's a great formation for international football. I think less teams play that. 
But there's also an argument that Gilve is amazing in that number 10 role. That's his best position. We only have one great striker right now, or, or, or great in air quotes. So, so maybe doing the 4-2-3-1 would be the best way to handle it. You know, who knows? I don't think he'll be changing too much, but he will definitely be trying to make the team younger. So we had, after the World Cup, we had a couple of retirements from the national team. But um, these guys, you know, lost their nerve and decided not to retire from the national team. They realized, oh shit, we can't leave these guys. Then no one's going to play defense. Uh, basically, both the center backs said they were going to retire. Kaure is 36, so it was understandable. Rakise is 32, not quite as understandable, although we'll get into that later. The reasons behind that, possibly, but... But Kaori comes back into the team, but he says himself that he's probably not going to be a starter anymore. He's going to be in and around the squad, and they're, they're going to try to get new starters in there. Probably Svetidinki is going to be the new starting center back. He's been being groomed for years and years. You know, on a personal reason, I don't, I don't know if I, I like that. <laughs> um, but I guess he, uh, he should be there. And then there's a question where whether Jon Kudini or Holmar can be starters in the center back. They've always been in and around that center back, uh, wing back uh, position. But no, I think Sweater will definitely be the starter. And I think that'll be the only change really in that back four. But just to talk about Raki, who also retired from the national team center back. He's obviously our best center back. He said he retired from the national team because of personal reasons that he doesn't want to talk about. I think We've heard rumors about what that could be. Possibly some police altercations. Possibly some uh, issues with his girlfriend, whatever. But he... I think he thought that all that information would get out and that he would basically be thrown out of the national team. It hasn't, and he's he's back in the team, you know? Who knows what the truth is? But it's good to have him because he is our best center back, and who knows about all those rumors. More on the players. After the World Cup, we've obviously had some transfers. Uh, players have moved around. There, there have been a lot of transfers uh, from the younger Iceland players that weren't at the World Cup, and, and that's exciting. Them going to bigger leagues, uh, a lot of teenagers moving around, which is always fun. Um, if we just run through the, the main changes, uh, Runar Alex Runason, goalkeeper, I think he's 23, young guy. He's actually gone to League A. And he is starting and being named man of the match in uh, Liga matches. He's uh, at Dijon, um, not the Mustard, the football team. Uh, so he's a starter in the in Liga, you know, with, with Neymar and Mbappe. Uh, so I, for me, he goes all the way up to the top of the pecking order for goalkeepers for us. And it's not like it was a deep bench to start with. We have Hannes, who's, you know, he's better. He's going to start, who also moved actually to uh, Karabag. That uh, which is a team you might have seen in the Champions League the co- last couple seasons. They're a huge team out in Azerbaijan. But other than that, uh, if we go on the defense, uh, there have been well, the main change was Hrdebirk. When this happened, pretty much at the tournament, he's gone to CSK Moscow. Going to be playing Champions League. He's in the group with Real Madrid. He'll be playing at the Bernabeu this season. I think he's very excited about that, and that's a great move for him. Uh, best team in Russia. Uh, and him coming from the championship where he didn't get promoted last season, I think it's smart of him to, to get out of that soup because that's a hard place to to play. And Vedrod Kertason also went to Russia to Rostov. And then Jonta, who, who had been alone at Reading, is uh, is there now and is in great form, has been scoring a, a little bit in the championship. But otherwise, no none of the biggest players uh, changed teams. But, you know, a lot of things have happened in the Iceland Federation since the World Cup, and there's a lot of question marks about what what this will mean. I, it's hard for us to talk about the next games because we don't know the formation, we don't know the players that are going to play, we don't know 
if we're just gonna all of a sudden be terrible and get trounced 5-0 in every game now like who knows what effect this will have we haven't had this kind of change in our national team since 2010 since we became a professional international football team before that we were just you know beer belly guys kicking a ball around you know behind a pub somewhere and obviously that's not exactly right but it was not a professional atmosphere now it is we'll see what effect this has this is a huge change um the the coaching staff has been changed uh mostly the uh, assistant coach uh, helki colvins has uh, has gone we the current uh, female national team coach who actually just uh, resigned that role is the new assistant coach freda alexander who's a who I think is is a good choice to have. He's a he's a good guy and good coach. Speaking of him, if we talk about the female national team a little bit, uh, they've been playing uh, recently. They had their first ever sold out stadium about a week ago here in Iceland. They so they're they were in the qualification hunt for the World Cup, female World Cup. They've never uh, made it to that. Although they have made it to two or three Euros, first Iceland uh, football team to make it to a national tournament. The Iceland women's football team has always been a top twenty team in the world for you know last 20, 30, 40 years. They've always been way better than the men's. The men's are kind of approaching that now. But they got a sold-out stadium and uh, played Germany. Uh, and, of course, you know, after all that hype, of course, they lost. And then they uh, couldn't beat the Czech Republic either, so they won't be qualifying for the World Cup. But they did have a good run, and, and we're always happy to follow the Icelandic uh, women's national team because uh, they're, they've always been good, and, and it's obviously football, and we love watching football. That's just a little update on them. But if we get into... Well, Gunnar, would you like to comment on any of these player movements or stuff? Yeah, um, one interesting transfer that I'm excited about is Albert Gunzon, the uh, 21-year-old... True. Yeah, he is, so he's not... Prospect. In, yeah, he's not... He was at the World Cup. Yeah. He came off the bench in the last game for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. He's the uh, son of the famous commentator who went crazy at the Euros that everyone remembers, Gumi Ben. And uh, he was at the World Cup, but he's not in these squads now. He's playing for the under-21s because he is young. But yeah, he transferred. Yeah, he's gone to Alkmaar in, uh, in the Eredivisie. And, uh, you know, they're saying that he might be a starter there, so that's really exciting if he's yeah. able to get that play I time. mean, I've been following him a little bit. He's been coming off the bench, but he's been getting more time. So he was at PSV, yeah. and they won the league last season, but he only got maybe, you know, a couple starts and a couple off the benches in the league. Yeah, he, he won six appearances, I think. Oh, okay, yeah. Over a couple of years, though. Over a couple of years? Okay. Yeah, but he was tearing it up in the B League. So PSV have a B team that plays in the league right below him. So it's, you know, it's like the, the championship equivalent or whatever. Uh, he was tearing it up. He had like 25 goals in the league. Like he was tearing it up. So he obviously was pushing for that start. And that's why he got into the World Cup team. And now he's moved to Alkmaar, a team that's uh, been good to Icelandic players in the past. I think, you know, Johan Berg, uh, I believe Kolpin was, at, was there too before he went to Ajax. So a lot of uh, Icelandic players have done well at Alkmaar. And, and that should be a good stepping stone for him. If he can uh, get his head right and uh, start uh, start starting, it, he's still coming off the bench there. But but I think that's a good move for him for sure. And I think it's brave of him to make that move to move from the reigning champions, the biggest team in the country, to a team that's you know maybe a top five team in the country. But so we've discussed uh, Hamid leaving, and we've discussed the new head coach Eric Hamren. You know we're just kind of a blank slate right now. There's a game on Saturday against Swiss away from home, and, and we'll get into this, and that'll show us a lot. And then there's the home game against Belgium, which is on maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, um, and that'll show us even more. So we're all excited about that. But if we just start, well, the Swiss game is first, so we'll start with that one. Our first game in this Nations League, which it's more than a friendly. I, I hope we're taking it seriously. It gives us a chance to qualify. Plus, Iceland have been doing so well for the last eight years that. We are seated in the uh, the 
the top group. I, I, I don't know the lingo. This is all new, but we're in the we're in the top seed. So we have uh, Belgium and Switzerland in our group, which is awesome. I mean, competitive, you know, in air quotes. I don't know how competitive this will be for people, but I, I think this is going to be a competitive competition. Lots of people are... are not talking well about this Nations League, but that, it hasn't even started. If people are, uh, a few people are saying, now come on, this is just a glorified friendly and this is just not exciting, you're going to get excited. This is going to be knockout, the, the graphics are new, it's a way more competitive situation. Everyone's going to be excited about this. I think this Nations League is going to be a huge success and it's great that we get to start in the top seed. Um, obviously, we're with Belgium, who could have easily won the world cup i mean they're probably the second best team in the world right now so i I, i'm not trying to win the group but it would be nice not to get last place so we don't get relegated to the to the b group i am super excited i'm super excited to be you know playing these big teams yeah and uh super excited for Eden hazard to come to Iceland. right well we'll get into that when we talk about belgium and i know you're excited about that uh (laughs) although we hope he has a bad game but if we just get into that swiss game a little bit but obviously, Eric Hammer is coming in. We're assuming he's going 4-4-2. Well, no. I don't even know if I can assume that. Or five-man midfield or whatever. I don't know what to assume. But I have. But he has been talking about the possibility of a three-man defense. You know. I, I don't know. That worked well for Chelsea like two years ago. But I've never been a fan of watching the three-man defense. So three center backs and wing backs. Well, That's just a personal thing. I think it's, you know, kind of boring. Didn't watch us destroy Everton then under the... <laughs> in one game well, that yeah. was the most amazing football ever played well, sorry we don't have Conte, Hazard and you know Aspilicueta and Courtois we don't have that so I, I, I don't think a three man uh, defense gets the best out of Iceland because the best player is Gilvi and Johan Berg and Alfred I don't think that gets the best out of them and also three center backs we're going to fight three center backs like two of them just retired from the team you want three center backs to be starting a young thing no, but he he won't do that in the first game. He's not going to try this crazy new formation that Iceland have never played in his first game. He'll play it safe. He'll probably go 4-4-2 or 5-man midfield, even safer because it's away from home. We're talking about the Swiss game now. It's going to be played in St. Gallen. Uh, Swiss, obviously, good-ass team. I mean, you would say probably better than Iceland. They, they have a really potent attack, especially. I mean, their defense isn't... They have uh, good wingbacks, uh, Licksteiner and um, Rodriguez. Otherwise, not a particularly good team they're midfield they have granite shaka so that's probably means we're gonna win or he's gonna get a red card because granite shaka is the most useless footballer i've ever seen for a top team but their attack is pretty potent obviously shakiri who can do crazy shit especially with the national team and then they have uh who, who was it? Yeah, uh briel embolo mm-hmm. super fast guy and against iceland the key to beat Iceland is speed. That's why I'm really scared about Hazard later because he has speed and skill. But but it'll it'll be fun to see what happens. And I don't think Icelanders or the Iceland team are necessarily expecting to win any game in this group. So it'll be you know it won't be as much stress as the World Cup where we really you know wanted to win games and everything. This will be a, a more chill, and it won't be as much stress as qualification for the Euros or World Cup. This will be kind of it'll be more than a friendly, less than the qualification campaign. You know what I mean? Although this technically is a qualification campaign, because if you win this, you do qualify. So, but it'll be less stress, and I think that's nice. I think it'll be kind of chill to watch. Are you supporting Swiss in this game, or? Yeah, sure. No, I'm obviously supporting Iceland. Uh, you know, it'll be a really tough game under a new coach. It'll take a lot of getting used to for the players. You know, his new ideas and all that. Yeah. So, uh, well, what he's been saying is he's trying to bet it in slow, so he doesn't want to make huge changes now. 
but he's also bringing in a lot of new players and and if we just uh, run through the squad for these two games against uh, Switzerland and, and Belgium, there, there's a few changes. The goalkeepers are your basic, uh, uh, probably the same goalkeepers that went to the World Cup, and, and that's fine. Your defense is also, I mean, okay, the changes aren't crazy. We obviously have injuries and the changes because of them. But the only, I mean, changes are Jonkler and Fjolason and Holmer coming in. They're kind of center-back, wing-back players who have been in and around the squad for five, six, seven, eight years, but have never been starters. But they're still solid defenders and, and should be in there as as backup. When we get to the midfield and forward positions, we can see kind of changes from the World Cup squad and Hamid squad and Eric Cameron squad. First of all, he finally, as a national team coach, took his head out of the sand and stopped putting Oliver Nikiskulason in the Iceland squad, who I'd always been complaining about and who was in the World Cup squad, didn't come on at all because why would he? The thought was that he was kind of a backup to Aronen, our, our, our captain... Uh, leader legend viking uh man he was supposed to be back up to him but he's just not quality and he's 35 and like why, why do you have him so in his kind of position as a backup uh, defensive mid he he's brought in uh victor paulson who's also been kind of in and around the squad for a long time but has been in good form in the swiss league swiss league playing against swiss you know and another person who's been good form in the Swiss League, also a midfielder, is Runa Marcegurjonsson, who's actually been in really good uh, form and, for me, should have gone to the World Cup. But you see, he's, he's making... Those are two good decisions. I, I like this squad. I think it's showing good things for the future. And I, I don't know. I, I think Heyman, in a lot of ways, was too attached to the place because he's such a nice guy. He, he couldn't drop Olavarinka from the squad because, you know, he's good in the dressing room. He's, a, he's one of the veterans of the, of the bench of Iceland, you know. So that that personal connection he had with everyone maybe might have influenced his judgment in a lot of issues. It's not a big negative, but I mean, we're basically saying he's too nice of a guy. But, you know, that can sometimes in this cutthroat world have a little bit of an effect. Otherwise, the squad is, uh, you know, your, your basic Birke Bjartna, Gilve, Rurik, Alma Bjartnason, Teddy Bjarnason comes in. I, he was in the World Cup squad too, though. And then Arnold Inkwe, uh obviously was also. So not too much new, but we do have some injury concerns. So Aronen, our captain, as I was describing earlier, has been injured. He hasn't start, He hasn't played in the Premier League this season. He's always injured. The guy just throws his body on the line, but he can play injured. He can do... I mean, he was injured the whole World Cup, pretty much. But he still, you know, went at it, and that was awesome to see. He is... I've often described, described him as our most important player, so... I haven't actually thought about this, but thinking about this now, not having Aronen against Belgium. Fuck. That's not good. <laughs> so we'll hope the best. But he's injured. Emil Hatfersson is injured, who was probably our best player at the World Cup, even though I'm throwing a lot of shade at him because he can have really bad games. But he's injured, so it maybe would have been nice to have him. And then we have Johan Berg is also injured, and possibly Alfred. He hasn't played at all this season either. So even though he was called up, I don't... No, he no, he's not even in the squad, sorry. Alfred isn't in the squad either. So we're missing Johan Berg, Aaron, Alfred, and Emil. These are all starters. So we're missing four starters. And it's not like Iceland has a deep bench. So four starters is half the team, and that's going to have an effect. So it, it'll be really interesting how we line up. Okay, this makes me think we're going with a five-man midfield. Because who's going to play a strike? Yeah, also, you know, with Emil and Aaron out, our, our starting midfielders, we're going to need... That extra help in the midfield to yeah. cover, you know, uh, cover the defense. I think he's definitely starting with Viktor Paulson. He's been talking to him. Uh, they've been there's a lot of chemistry between them. He's gonna start with him. He's a defensive midfielder. He's starting against Swiss. You can put money on that. The question is who's gonna be the forward. I am happy to see that Kolpit Sigtorsson is in the squad despite all of his uh, personal drama, which we can talk about. 
but he is in the squad. He wasn't at the World Cup. He's obviously kind of our best striker, although he's been injured for two years, like nearly career-ending injury. The story is that the, he's at Nantes, and he's been there for... He moved there 2015, and he has been injured the whole time, pretty much. So he signs a contract until 2020, and he's played, I think, I think he's played like 30 games, you know, in three years, which isn't terrible, but he hasn't played at all in two years. He doesn't want to rip up his contract, and like the president of Nantes is like, you know, making press statements that he's a terrible person, and he's selfish, and he only thinks about himself, and I don't know how to feel about it. I understand there, I understand both sides, I understand that. This guy that you signed is making millions a year from your club and he doesn't play. So leave, you know, that's what they're thinking. But then again, you gave him that contract till 2020. He has every right to collect that paycheck. And it's not his fault that he's injured. I mean, probably not his fault. He probably doesn't want to be injured. There's always risks in contracts. you got to take that, you know, responsibility. You know, you can put on an injury release clause if you want. Yeah. But he has every right to, you know, and I don't blame him. No, I I don't blame him, but some players would have ripped up their contract and tried to go play somewhere you know because I mean, he's not gonna if he's not gonna be able to play i mean i mean but i mean but the thing is he can't play now he's you know he hasn't played yeah. for anyone this season and he probably will never play for knots again I, I i don't know uh who who have claudio ranieri as their coach but he's in the squad i i don't know his fitness he was also in the squad in march he was in the squad for the friend or he was in and around the squad in march he couldn't play he wasn't called off for the world cup now this is five months later, I would assume he must be able to play now. And he's, he, he's taking practices, and he's the best striker we have right now. So it would be awesome to see him come off the bench, make an appearance, because he hasn't played in two and a half years. And he is, we're talking about 22 goals in 44 games. That's an awesome international record. And he's almost our top scorer, you know, ever. He's close to that. I think Elis Mauri has like 30 goals or something. He, it's not... It's not a lot. Although Gilbert has 20, so he's catching him. But uh, it might be nice to see him play. And uh, we'll support him in this discussion. I think the Nantes president, uh, I think she's just trying to get rid of him. You know, trying to shame him to leave. I think that's kind of messed up. Although we don't know what's going on internally and, and what else might have happened. I mean, it sounds like an asshole. Players get injured all the time. They don't yeah. leave. Like, oh, there's no, no. I mean, they just... I know, but think about it. You signed him like three years ago. He's never played for you. He's been injured the whole time. He goes on loan. He gets injured. He is collecting paychecks. I don't know. He He's probably, you know, we've heard that he's been partying a lot and stuff. You know, maybe not thinking about his fitness as well. Maybe he's depressed or something because he's injured and and uh but he, he i don't know if this, if this were gilvid do you think gilvid would be injured for three years i don't know it, it's it's tough to say we'll, we'll have to ask him about it <laughs> maybe we'll get an interview after the belgium game but so uh so that's the squad and uh, that's our new uh generation squad with eric hammerin um and i think i'm possibly even more happy with this squad than i was with Hamid's selections so that's great news. And in that sense, he's, in my opinion, doing the right thing. Uh, our new head coach. Now, all we got to do is see how this Swiss game goes. And that'll really tell us what's going to happen. We'll try to watch that, you know, and concentrate on, on the, the tactics that we're seeing and the differences in the nuance of the of the play. After the Swiss game, the Iceland players are going to leave uh, St. Gallen. Maybe they'll stop by in the I- ikea that's connected to the stadium it's a shopping center stadium so 
we know every time Icelanders are in foreign countries, they definitely do all their shopping because everything is crazy expensive in Iceland. So uh, the tourist board won't like this, but don't visit no, unless you <laughs> unless you have thousands of dollars for shit. But after that is the really excited game where we're gonna host bronze team from the World Cup. We're getting Belgium at our national stadium. How excited are you about that? I am absolutely thrilled, you know. I mean, getting to see Eden Hazard and, yeah. and uh, all these top-class players. Right. If there weren't a Nations League, we wouldn't be getting Belgium to Iceland right now. We would be playing a friendly against Latvia, and it would be boring as fuck. Now we're getting Belgium in a competitive game. Although, I am a little terrified at what Belgium could do to us. They are... I think they're... I mean, France won, and I chose France to win the World Cup, but... Belgium might be better than France. Like, they are ridiculous. The only solace I can take is that uh, De Bruyne or De, De Red. Eh? No, because he has red hair. I don't know. Oh, oh. I was trying to think of my feet. But he won't be there. He's injured, which is obviously good for us and good for uh, Premier League watchers. <laughs> Non-neutral Premier League watchers. Um, he'll, he, he won't be there, but you have Azard, you have Lukaku, you have that crazy strong defense. You have, I mean, I could name, we, we could go through the squad. It's absolutely ridiculous. I think ev- most people remember the squad from the World Cup. There, ha- there aren't any big changes, I think, you know? I'm just worried that, I mean, Lukaku, Hazard up front. I mean, Lukaku can, Iceland are physically strong players, but Lukaku is a monster of physicality, and I, I can just see him pushing someone away. It'll be bittersweet. Because I want to see goals in that game, but I also want to see us do good. Do you have any predictions? Do you, do you think they're going to destroy us? I don't really know what to think, you know. I mean, if we had Heimira, I would say, you know, yeah. he's going to, we're going to be really compact and organized. But I, yeah. don't, I don't know what to expect with this new guy, so... You don't know what to expect. You also don't know how well the players will want to play for this new coach. I mean, I assume they'll want to play, but they gave all for Heimir, and they gave all for the nation. It, you know, and that's what they've been doing in the past years. Now there's a new kind of situation, new coaching staff. Maybe their motivation won't be as high. Yeah, but you know, you know, it wasn't always about you know for the for the co- it was really for each other. That was really what it was that they they were willing to put everything on the line for each other. Yeah, and you know, I think they might still have that. Hopefully, I think it's slightly diminished. I think there's been a lot of or some drama within the the group. I think the having gone to the Euros and the World Cup, there's there's just kind of thought of where do we go from here. There's it's not you know. It's not their first time anymore, so it's less exciting. So maybe they won't be able to raise their game or be as pepped to, you know, do great. Yeah, I mean, these are professionals. They've devoted their entire lives to this. and They are professionals, but they're also success, humans. You know? Yeah, I know. But there's always, you know, I mean, when you get some, you know, rich, stuck-up footballers together, and there's always going to be drama. But Douchebags. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, that's definitely true. <laughs> we'll, we'll maybe tell you some of the drama uh, in, in later episodes, but... But having said all this, I do think that they're going to try to win this Belgium game. There hasn't been a home game for since before the World Cup. They're definitely going to give their all for this game. But can you imagine? I mean, we're talking about Hazard, who just drops his hips, scoots that thick butt of his, and just takes five players on. Mm-hmm. I, I can't see us stopping him because, like, the biggest weakness of Iceland usually has been like kind of pacey wingers or or players they can get in behind. That's what he is. Yeah. <laughs> and there's one on the other side. And there's Lukaku up front. And then you have, I don't know. But then again, you know, 
they don't have De Bruyne, they don't have, I don't know, Fellaini, but you know Dembele is a really underrated player. And what's the guy with the big hair? Not Fellaini, but the other one, Witzel. Yeah, he's in great form in Belgium, or in uh, uh, Dortmund. So we can just run through the defense, Alderweireld, you know, company, Vertonghen, um, Munir. The squad is deep, so, you know. But it's eleven against eleven, and I'm 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 always fairly pessimistic about our team, but we always come out with something. Um, I would love to get at least a point against Swiss, and then against Belgium, you know, you just don't want to get destroyed, and you want a good good performance, and you want to see that they're fighting for their manager and and fighting for the to try to win, which is what we expect from them, and they haven't let us down ever, pretty much. So I'm not too worried about that. Yeah, you know, this is a you know a really big transitionary moment. Uh, we haven't been in this yeah. situation for so long and we I don't think we should be expecting too much right away it's gonna take a long time just like it did with mm-hmm. last lab back to get ourselves you know up to that level I just hope he doesn't throw out the playbook because it has been successful you know and if he went four four two a lot um with Sweden that I'm happy to hear that I'm happy that he's a four four two guy and I, and I'm sure you know Kudinipadks the head of the FA and and the people in that you know federation have have thought this through. They didn't just choose someone randomly. They had a list. I can guarantee you that Lars Lauerberg had an impact on this signing. But I trust Lars. He's an Icelandic legend, honestly, and everyone in this country loves him. And I trust that he would want the best for us, and he would recommend something good for us, not just uh, another Swede that's maybe his friend, and they go you know boating together or something, and he's getting him a good a good job. But that's uh, super exciting. Uh, we will obviously be at the game. Hopefully we can get some content from uh, the Belgium team. I would love to... Do you think they'll be available for interviews? You can get Hazard or Lukaku? I think, oh, I think it depends if, if, if we destroy them or they destroy us. <laughs> how good a mood they're in. Yeah, that's a good point. If they... Well, no. I, I, I Yeah, I don't know. But if Lukaku, if I can get an interview with Lukaku, that'll be ridiculous. Because every time when you talk to these footballers, when you meet them in person, you realize they are... Like, when you see them on TV and maybe at a game, you don't realize how big and fit they are. And especially someone like Lukaku. Like, sometimes I'm just like... I, I, I'm just like, you're so tall. I say, And they're like, yeah, why are you talking to me? Like, that's usually the reaction. But I'm always like, wow, you're so... Like, you want to, like, touch them? Like, is this a statue? Like, these are the fittest people, and they're way t- bigger and stronger than you would think when you see them on TV. So, uh, Lukaku, I don't know. I guess I have a man crush on him, and you have a man crush on Hazard. So, hopefully, they'll they'll present themselves for interviews, and we can get some good content from them. But, but you know, even us who, who talk about this national team and, and follow it a lot, um, we don't really know what to expect. And I think that's the feeling here in Iceland. Uh, you know, people aren't worried. People weren't excited about the signing of the new head coach. They, everyone said, who is this guy? And people were like, oh, this, like, what is this? I mean, this isn't, I thought we could get, like, fucking Conte or something. You know, some big guy. Why not? We're a top well, 20 I mean, team. I don't, well, I mean, we, we might be a top 20 team, but it's a really difficult job, I think. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's the most exciting job. You're not going to take this team to the, to the, and win the World Cup. You're going to, yeah. You're going to struggle so much to get them organized and get it out of them just to get to the World Cup. You know, it's it's a really difficult job, I think. Yeah, it's true. And you're also, like, replacing uh, kind of a legacy 
kind of the best coaching staff that's ever been in the national team. So it's in that way a hard job. I think there are more coaches that would have liked this job than you're giving credit. Like this is a top job and it's a it's a kind of a big team. But you're right, it's hard to get coaches to take national team jobs. So Eric Hamren was probably the best they could do. And he, he seems like a good choice uh, if he can get us to the next Euros. That's going to be his uh, his mission and he should be able to. Don't throw the top three from the group at least qualifier or go into the playoffs but the first game is the swiss game we'll see what happens the only thing we know is that victor paulson will be starting that's my guess and then we also know that gilvese is going to be the captain because aron isn't here i think we can expect some good things i'm hoping we get at least a point from these two games and then it's going to be super fun to watch that belgium game i recommend everyone watch that and we'll hopefully get some good content from it and we can talk to you guys next week where we can review these two games and hopefully much more. But exciting times. It's going to be a fun winter following the national team. It's not going to be that usual lull after a World Cup because we have this Nations League. I think it's a smart thing. I think it's it's not even necessarily better for smaller teams. Like They're not trying to help out smaller teams necessarily. But us in Iceland, we do appreciate it. And we're not... Uh, I don't think that many people are against it. I, I hear sometimes like pundits talking about like, what is this thing? But they always say that every time something new happens. They're yeah, always they're like, always so, you know, mm, conservative, the new. pundits. You know, yeah. Like, I'm like, you don't change, I don't like change. You know, whatever a goalkeeper plays out, out of the box, he's like, oh, you should just <laughs> boot it forward. Like, that's how they did it in my day. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it, well, the funniest is like, there's like a crazy tackle and he's like, man, that wasn't a foul in my day. I'm like, you know, break his leg. <laughs> there shouldn't be any tackling in football, honestly. As, as someone who didn't play defense and hates defense, you know, I, I like just letting players run past me and seeing what they can do. But obviously, I mean, you need tackling. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But but yeah, so this is going to be a, a fun winter. And we hope you guys uh, join us and uh, try to watch some of the Iceland games because it's going to be a, a new adventure. And, and we don't know what's going to happen. No one really, none of the journalists really know. So hopefully next week we'll have a much clearer image of the future uh, of the national team, the immediate future. And... And we'll see uh, how it goes. Talk to you guys in the next one. Later. Goodbye.